The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Genesis chapter 40. This morning as we look, I'm going to look at one verse. We mentioned that this time of the, uh, in jail with uh, Butler and Baker, we were going to break into a couple sessions. Well, I'm going to finish that today. Uh, with a thought that I spent a little bit of time referencing yesterday, but I want to just break down in detail. So we're going to look at that truth, and then I'm going to kind of go away from Genesis and just take a few minutes looking at a couple other verses and dealing with the situation we're going to look at. So Genesis chapter 40, um, we, we read through that, you know, the, the butler goes back up to the king. The baker is now hanged. Uh, the butler was asked by Joseph, listen, when you get up there, let the king know that I'm here. Let him know that I was stolen from my land, that I did not deserve, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't deserve to be here. And again, I believe, frankly, just trying to get out and go home, just being freed from prison so he can go home. And uh, so he, the butler agreed to do it, got there and forgot about it. And it was two years, two years and he totally forgot about it. Verse 23 says, yet, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. And we see in verse 41 that it was two years before it was finalized. So what I want to do is, and we talked about one thing unique yesterday was, Joseph showed a little bit. We talk about sometimes that this story's hard to relate with because Joseph seemed to be impervious to battles, impervious to discouragement, impervious to things. And like you always have seen, no matter how bad it was, everything was fine, which we know is not human. Uh, and, and we, again, we say that we can't say that Joseph was perfect or never did wrong. We just, God didn't record it. God just recorded the good. What we see here is a level of humanity where Joseph comes and tells the butler, please tell the king, I want out of here. I'm not, it's not okay being here. I really don't want to be here. He wasn't sitting back saying, okay, God, tell me how you're going to make this work, which he did, but he wasn't, he wasn't just sitting back thinking, no big deal. He wanted out of there. So we see that level of humanity, and it's good for us in this story. It's good for us to see that he was no different than any of us. The other thing we see, though, is I think in his mind there was a level of encouragement. This is great. Finally, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. God has brought someone in my path that will help me get out of this. And then it doesn't happen. We mentioned, you know, after a week, two weeks, two months, six months, a year, 18 months, all this time, he had to assume that what he thought was going to be the answer was eliminated and ended up being two years. Can you imagine the level of disappointment that must have come uh, along with discouragement, this was exciting. I really believe God was going to do this, and then disappointment. One of the things that I have I've experienced myself, and I've talked to many people about over the years, is that in the Christian journey, when it comes to prayer requests and, and what we hope God's going to do, what do you do with disappointment? How do you handle it when you feel disappointed? And he, let me tell you something. The reason I, I, instead of discouragement, I chose disappointment as the term. Sometimes we are afraid as Christians, at least when I've talked to people, I know I've done this, we're afraid to say things like, well, I'm just disappointed. Because here's why. Well, we prayed to God, and this is God's plan. We believe in God's sovereignty. So if I claim that I'm disappointed, what I'm really saying is I'm disappointed in God. And therefore, I can't say that because it doesn't sound spiritual. I think sometimes we're so busy trying to be super spiritual in certain ways and phrases and things like that, that we're not willing to process what's really going through our mind. We're not willing to process the disappointment, the discouragement. That comes in everybody's life. That can come in the Christian journey. Now, let me explain. Sometimes we look, we're afraid to say this, or we feel like when that person's complaining about discouragement, they're not trusting God. And it's a possibility, and we all know that. But can I say that I think the bigger issue is we have to recognize the fact that disappointment, discouragement, things like that are not saying that we don't trust God. 
It's that we have to rethink what God's doing. We have to rethink. See, what we do is, we, again, we put God back in that box, and when it doesn't work, we become disappointed. And it's not necessarily disappointed in God. We believe that God is going a certain direction, and God is going to use this and use that. And what doesn't happen, obviously, it becomes disappointing. Because we're like, well, we really were convinced of this. Uh, and it was, we were looking for a good thing. It didn't happen. At least it didn't happen the way we thought it would. And so disappointment sets in. And here's one thing I hope we understand. In every level of, whether it be disappointment, discouragement, to the level of depression, if we ignore the battle going on in our mind, it will only grow and ultimately will be something that can just, ultimately will breed into even greater levels. And it'll drive us down a path that we feel like because we can't, we're on, we're on spiritual doing this, we'll end up driving ourselves down further. God never intended us to ignore the feelings that he gave to us. What I mean by that is anger, discouragement, things like that. You know, These are human emotions, which means God gave them to us. Learning how to process them is part of the growth and trust in Jesus. So I'm going to give you, I think I've written down five, five things. Now, please understand these are not um, the deepest theological things you're going to find. What I mean by that is I'm not going to dig down and give you five things you've never heard. As a matter of fact, these are five reminders. But let me tell you why I remind you of them today. Over the last year, over the last couple years, God has really worked to me. I, and, and, and admit, some of it was me getting down saying, God, please make me what you want to be. And I teach me patience, teach me trust, teach me to rely on your sovereignty. I'm going to be honest with you. If you really mean that, that's not easy prayer. Because God will then work things in your life to prepare you. But if you're looking for it, you can see God's hand. Some of the things I've seen, I'm like, Lord, that doesn't make sense. Some of the things I've seen, okay, God, when I look at the other end, all of it forced me back to my knees and forced me um, to find trust in God find and growth in God. It goes back to where James told the 12 tribes of, of Israel in James 1, count it joy. Why? Because of trying your faith worth patience, worth maturity, develops more in you. And that's really what I wanted. And I knew that the, their journey would not always be easy, but I'm telling you, the development of your trusting God and your walk with God and your own Christian life is exciting and powerful. So what I, when I read these things and give you some verses with it, you're going to say, Pastor, I know these things. I'm going to encourage you. I know them, but do I follow them? I know them, but do I believe them? Remember what I said, there's a difference between knowledge and belief. Faith without works is dead. Faith that's not put into action is not real faith. I know these things, but am I doing these things? And there's a difference, and that's what changed for me. So the first one, very simplistic, trust God. When, when you're disappointed, trust God, because he has a plan, and whatever's going on is part of that plan. We, Isaiah 55, 88 through 9, for my ways, he says, are not, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Simply put, I, God is in his infinite ability, knows what he's doing. He sees way beyond today, tomorrow, 2020. He sees ways beyond. He says, I have, this is the, where, where you're at, this is where I want you to be, and I'm going to use this to get you there. And it won't make sense to you because you can't see what I can see. So I must trust his thinking. Um, you know, when we, get, when we get around other people, let's say your spouse, and they do something, or your kids, they do something, and say, what could possibly have been the motive behind that? You really thought that was good. Let's say a husband decides to give a vacuum to their wife for Christmas or birthday. Probably, unless the wife asks for it, probably not going to be a big seller, to be honest with you. And the wife's going to sit back and say, what are you thinking? You're saying I should vacuum or all? That's a great gift for two of you to go out and get on a separate time. My point in being a little bit sarcastic is 
It's easy for us to look at other people and say, what could have been their motives? We can ask that question of God. But for other people, they could have been misled motives. For God, there's something behind it. Jeremiah 29, 11, the Bible says, For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I have a plan. And what I'm doing is driving you towards that expected end. Such a great, great truth. So trust. We could go to Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own understandings. Don't trust your emotions. Don't trust your frustration. Don't trust the discouragement that comes from disappointment. Don't put your weight in the human emotions that are going to come. You've got to process them, but don't put your trust in them. Put your trust in God, not in what you think or how, hey, good and good and bad days. There are some days, man, I trust God and it's, it's great and it's just confidence and journey. The next day, some days you're just tired. Don't trust in those things. So trust, simplistic, but boy, if we're not doing it, 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 we can become very discouraged. Number two, grieve. Grieve. There are times when these things and disappointments just hurt, and that is okay. It is just okay. Say, God, I was really hoping. I really thought. I don't understand what you're doing. You know what the songwriter said? I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. We must go to him. You remember what Joe, um, uh, Joshua did right after the Battle of Ai? You know, he's about to find out that um, Achan had stolen from the cursed thing of Jericho. He wasn't supposed to. They'd just gone to AI. They lost 36 men in a really small town. Should have been an easy battle. And Joshua just gets on his knees and he's frustrated and he's just venting openly, God, what are you doing? He even states this comment. I'm going to paraphrase. But he says, God, what are people going to think of you? when your people cannot stand against their enemy. It's a very, it's great truth. And God kind of ignores it to an extent. Finally, he says, stop. What are you doing here? And he lets him all day long. Go deal with sin in the camp. Now, the problem, my point I'm saying is, there are times when we just need to sit down and say, Lord, I'm hurting. I really thought this was going to happen. I'm disappointed. Now, please understand, I'm not talking the selfish nature of, Lord, how dare you do this to me? I'm saying, Lord, I'm going to walk through, I really thought this would end differently. I really thought when I witnessed to my neighbor or witnessed to my family, they would take it. And I don't understand why it's happening this way. Work through the process. You know, grieving is part of what we need to do. So when I grieve, I walk through the process. I acknowledge the dis discouragement. I acknowledge the hurt or whatever. And I acknowledge that God's in control. But it's still sometimes, and depending on the scenario, you know, if it's just a simple, simple disappointment, you know, you didn't get the present you wanted for Christmas, probably not worth grieving over. Um, you, you know, things you didn't, you know, you hope that God was going to pay your bill through, you know, like we talked about the other day through the mailbox, it didn't come, not worth getting discouraged over. But there are going to be things in life where you're praying for a loved one to be healed and they don't. You're praying for somebody to say and they haven't yet. You're praying for God to provide financially and somehow he hasn't yet. The disappointment brings discouragement. Come to God, acknowledge it, say, Lord, help me. But not just grieve, Lord, help me to work through the grief. Help me to recognize what you're doing. Trust, grieve. Number three, pray. You say, these are deep. No, no, they're very practical. Pray. But please understand what I mean, pray. And this is where I want to say a level of transparency, what, God, what I've learned through prayer. Prayer is not just, God, this is what's going on. I don't understand it. Lord, what are you doing? It's not kind of venting to God. We did that in grieving. <laughs> we vented to God. When I mean come to prayer, I mean simply this. This is finding God's plan for me in these times. Okay, we have sometimes this idea that prayer is getting God to align with my desires. We're wrong with that. Prayer is God aligning me with his plan. 
So I come and pray and say, Lord, I'm going to ask for certain things, but ultimately I'm going to yield. So help me, Lord, to see your way, your plan, your will, what you're doing right now. Help me to see that. Help me to follow it. So prayer is lining me up with him. So I pray, I, come to my, I get on my knees and I say, Lord, I'm, I'm getting rid of all the fancy aspects of prayer, of certain language and everything. I'm just coming to God and open and praying. And then God through that, I mean, Lord, help me to see what you're doing. Line me up with you, number four. Be patient. Oh, I hate this part because <laughs> you know, we're just not patient people. Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Why do you think David had to say it twice? It's not easy to do. Matthew 6, 6. Be thou, excuse me, but thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret and the Father which seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. In pray, spend some time with God. Be patient and accept it's easy to be patient in God because we know what he wants is good for us. And so we can trust in it. We can move on. And if we have put our trust in God, we've worked through the process of not understanding everything. We've prayed, allowing God to align us with his will. Being patient becomes a little easier because we've given it to God and we trust him. And then this one's going to seem redundant, but it's not. Now I trust his plan. I trust God in the sovereignty that God is God and he's good and he loves me. But now I'm going to trust his plan. We go back to Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, that would get saved. He also did predestinate will of God to be conformed to the image of his son. This is the plan that God has. So I trust God and I walk through these steps and then I begin to trust his plan. Simply this. I don't understand why God's doing this. I don't understand how God can make this work. But he is, somehow. So instead of trying to figure out how God is making all of this work to fit what I thought, the preconceived idea of what I thought was happening, I sit back and I try to find out what is God doing? Not how is God making my idea work. What is God doing? Get out of the way, get my thoughts out, put my prayer and everything back in the plan of God and just say, Lord, what are you doing? And look at everything happening and see how is this working for your plan? Because he is doing something. We just got to be willing to watch and see what it is. I hope that that was a level of encouragement. Again, I, I can't look back and say, you know, uh, some profound thing. Uh, you could probably find all of this on the Internet somewhere uh, in a book you may have read. But these are things that, again, I come back to a very simple premise. It's less about learning some great simple thing, great, great truth that we don't know. It's more about legitimately believing in the things that we already do. It is not God never intended to this be complicated. Difficult maybe, but not complicated. He helps me through the difficult though. But am I doing the basic things that God has encouraged me to do and just putting my trust in Him? Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Uh, we will continue tomorrow as we finish the week off and looking further into the story of Joseph. And I hope that you will join us and continue to share this and encourage. I hope you're encouraged and encourage others with it. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. God bless.